service this evening, this morning, excuse me. Time changed, we got me all messed up. I'm just glad I'm here, amen? Aren't you glad you're in God's house this morning? I think it's this morning. It is this morning. They even fixed the clock, 1124. I said, well, guys, if you want me to preach longer, just leave it like it is, you know. But I think you guys would leave no matter what after about an hour. You'd be wanting to go down and get something to eat. Mark chapter 1466 this morning. Mark chapter 1466. The title of the message today is Learning Life Lessons the Hard Way. You ever happen to learn something the hard way? Mark chapter 14, verse 66, we're going to start. Many times in my life I had, I've had to learn it the hard way. If I'd only listen to mom, if I'd only listen to dad, if I'd only listen to my wife, man, you better say amen. You better say amen. You better say amen. If I'd only listen to my husband, good job, ladies, good job, good job, good job. I bought a motorcycle uh, years ago. I wanted to take a trip to South Carolina. Of course, everybody and their brother said, if you, if you, if you drive way up there, you're going to die. It's doom and gloom. It's, it's, you're, you know, you're gonna, you're, your kids won't have a father. Your wife won't have a husband. It's, don't do it. Don't go. Don't drive. It's too far. It's too much. I heard, I heard about all of it, and so I said, well, I'm going. I'm going. I, you know, I, I had it, you know, the bike ready. I checked the tires, checked the gas, checked everything, checked it twice, made sure the, the Harley Davidson was nice, you know. Got up the road, drive from Fort Myers, going up 27, got to about Claremont. Everything was going just the way I thought it was going to go. Weather was great. I was prepared, had fuel, had food, and food's important. Everything was going just right until I started to smell something strange. Now, just, you know, when you hear something strange or smell something strange, you might want to stop. Ladies, you might want to stop. Don't just keep going. Stop, gentlemen, stop. So I finally, after a while, I stopped. And I, I had everything the way I thought I was just supposed to be. I even got the oil changed right before I left, but I had made one mistake. I had not tightened the oil cap, and I had oil going all the way down one side of the motorcycle. Well, thankfully, I wasn't in the boondocks. I was right beside a gas station where I could got, got help. But I had made this declaration, everything's going to go just right. Everything's going to be perfect. Everything will go just right, I promise. And sometimes we learn through the school of hard knocks. Some very important lessons. And here in Mark chapter 14, verse 66 through 72, Peter is going to learn some very important lessons. Remember, we've come to the point where Jesus and the disciples had met in the upper room. After they met in the upper room and had that time of communion, the Lord's Supper, he told, to, he told his disciples that all of you will be offended. All of you will fall away. Of course, even Peter, as we're going to look at, and the disciples said, no, they weren't. Of course, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus went off and prayed and told the disciples, Peter, James, and John, left the other disciples behind, told Peter, James, and John, wait, pray, stay alert, and pray. But they didn't. They slept. They slept, and he prayed. And, of course, 
Ultimately, he was betrayed there by Judas, as we looked at. Went off with the temple guards, and we looked at what happened there at the kangaroo court last week and how he was falsely accused. He, they bear false witness against him. They said he committed blasphemy because he said he was the son of God. And now we come to Mark chapter 14, verse 66. We see what we can learn about Peter today. Well, first of all, we see Peter's willing boastfulness. Peter's willing boastfulness. It's a temptation for all of us, just like I gave my little illustration, to say things that really we don't know if they're going to come true or not. We like to, you know, we like to proclaim something. And part of that is really our pride, right? I mean, a lot of people are already making predictions. Some people make predictions about who's going to win the basketball tournament. And some people are already lost because of teams that lost yesterday. <laughs> and we just like to boast, oh, that team's going to win. Or I know this is going to happen. Or I know it's going to be sunny. Well, welcome to Florida. It could change. We make, these, we make these declarations, and a lot of times it's because of our pride. But what was happening in the life of the disciples was already something that was going to be declared. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. So we see Peter's willingness, boastfulness. Peter said he would, that he would stand alone with Jesus back in Mark chapter 14, verse 29. But Peter said, although all shall be offended, yet will, I, will not I. Peter not believe Jesus' words and compared his faith and loyalty to, to God with other people. And that's a mistake that we make. We shouldn't compare our faith with other people's faith because oftentimes we, look, we focus on them and when they make a mistake, we make a mistake. Instead of focusing on others, folks, get your gaze on Jesus Christ. He's always perfect. He's never failed. Beware of comparing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some, some that commend themselves, but the measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Don't compare yourself with someone else in this room because we're all different. The Bible says in Luke chapter 18, verse 11, the Pharisees stood and prayed thus with themselves, God, I think that I'm not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Who did God praise at the end of that? Not the Pharisee, who focused only on the external. God doesn't look on the external so much as he looks at the heart, the heart of the person. How's our heart? Beware of comparing, beware of boasting. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, you say, I would like to do this, or I would like to do this. By, the, by, by, God, by God's grace, I'm going to be at 9 o'clock. I'm going to be at the 43rd Street Deli. But I can't tell you for sure I'm going to be there. I'd like to say I'm going to be there. I'm planning on being there. And there's nothing wrong for planning. And you should plan. Nothing wrong preparing. Oh, dear friend, you should prepare. But don't say it's going to happen because, dear friend, your life is not in your hands. Your life is in God's hands. And he may change your plans for his perfect will, right? Because believe it or not, folks, his will is better than our will, isn't it? Maybe it may not. I, I'm planning on being there at 43rd Street Deli. I'm planning on being back there, to, to, being back to church tonight. But you just never know. 
God might have different plans. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 13, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue their year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanishes away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we will shall live or do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such is rejoicing, boasting is evil. So Peter said he would stand with Jesus, but secondly, Peter said he would stay faithful to Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verse 33, And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And in Mark chapter 14, verse 31, we looked at before, he spake more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. They all said, we're not going to be offended. We're not going to fall away. We're going to stick with you to the end, Jesus. But they didn't. Peter had good intentions. But he was wrong. People say the craziest thing only to be proven wrong. Albert Einstein said, there is not the slightest indication that nuclear energy will be attainable. Pretty smart man. But he was wrong. Voltaire, pretty smart individual, but in 1776, he said, 100 years from this day, there will not be a Bible on earth except for one that is locked up by an aquarium and curiosity seeker. Voltaire was wrong. Stephen Hawkins, people said that one of the smartest people that ever walked the earth. I regard the, the brain as a computer which will stop working when its components fail. There's no heaven or afterlife or broken down computers. That is a fairy tale for people afraid of the dark. I think he knows now he was wrong. He was wrong. Peter was wrong. We see Peter's willing boastfulness, but secondly, Peter's wavering boldness. Peter's bold words will be tested. We see in John chapter 18, verse 2, And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither to with his disciples, talking about Gethsemane. Verse 3, And Judas then, having received a band of men, offers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. And Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And we looked at his, Peter's boldness for a time. He woke up out of his slumber, drew his sword, and took the ear of the servant of the high priest. Peter defended Jesus with a sword. But Jesus did not need Peter descending defending him with the sword he simply needed peter's obedience obedience we see his departure the bible says here in mark chapter 14 verse 15 they all forsook him and fled mark chapter 16 verse 24 and jesus said to the disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up the cross and follow me all of us in life are going to be tempted to flee jesus all of us in life are going to be tempted to flee jesus you're going to have opportunities this week to stand up for Jesus or deny Jesus. You're going to be given opportunities, if you, especially if you seek it, to witness for Christ or walk away and deny Christ. What will we do? Peter was tested as well. Peter would soon learn a lesson and teach others also. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, he would write on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, For even hereunto you call, because Christ all suffered for us, leaving an example that we should follow in his steps. 
He should have stood up, and in, in standing up for Christ, of course, he would have suffered as well. We see his departure. We see his decision. Even in Matthew chapter 26, verse 57, And they that laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the priest, and where scribes and elders were assembled. But Peter followed afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. As I was studying this place, this is a place where Caiaphas dwelt and Ananias dwelt. It was a place not much like our place. We have usually have a front yard and a backyard, maybe a little bit of yards in between, maybe a little bit of a yard in between. Some of you have more, some of you have less. But they basically had a, a dwelling, sometimes one or two or three stories high, and they would have a gate, and inside that gate would be a courtyard. And so inside this courtyard is where they're actually talking about at this time. Oftentimes, you and I make decisions. We're not aware of the importance of those decisions. That's why the company we keep is so important. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 20, He that walk with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Peter left the other disciples. He went out there on his own, dear friend. The worst thing you can do is separate yourself from the local church. The worst thing you can do is be out there on your own. Then you can do it on your own. No, God's design is for the local church, the local Bible-leaving, Bible-preaching church, so we can fellowship one another, encourage one another, and help one another. The lie of the devil is go out there and do it your own. That's why so many Christians fail. Because they think in their pride they can do it alone. You can't. You can't. What should be our delight? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God within the local church. There's the word of God is taught and preached. That's why it's important to be faithful to the word of God. Faithful to your local church. Don't listen to the unsaved or carnal Christian when it comes to spiritual matters. That's what Lot did. The Bible says about Lot in Genesis chapter 13, verse 12. He, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of, of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Dear friend, no matter how spiritual you are, if you hang around unsaved, wicked people all day long who do nothing but blaspheme God, be careful you become just like them. Be careful and just be like, just like them. And that just, not, just has to do with people physically. It's your entertainment. It's your music. It's everything. The outside voices will control what you think. And dear friend, what you think is who you are. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What do you think about? When you think about when you're with a bunch of men, men, or you're a bunch of ladies, is it bad jokes, dirty jokes? Is it about gossip or tail-bearing? We sometimes, we, we call it prayer requests, but all it is is a bunch of gossip. We call it prayer requests. No, it's just gospel, gospel. Oh, we be careful, dear friends. We be careful. The Bible says here about his denial in Mark chapter 14, verse 66. And Peter was beneath in the palace. There cometh one of the maids, the high priest. And when, he saw, when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou was also with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand what thou sayest. And he went out of the porch, and the cock crew. 
he, he, he just got inside the porch. He got inside this, this courtyard area. One, come, one lady, one, one young maid comes to him and says, hey, you're with Jesus, right? Opportunity from him said, yes, I'm with Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know him? Dear friend, that question is going to come to you. You go to that Baptist church right down the road. You're talking, you're talking to people about your taxes. You're giving how much to that church? I've had them look at me. You, you mean you actually give money to God? Yeah, because that's what the Bible tells me to do. And they look at me like I got two heads or something. You know you can be investing this money to get more money, to get more money, to get more money. After I die, what good's that money? I'm giving to God for eternity. Because this life is going to be over, and it could be over today. Today. He denied Jesus. Verse 40, verse 69, look at it again. The maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. Verse 7, he denied it again. And after a little while they stood by and said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art Galilean. Thy speech agreeeth there too. Now, studying some of the commentaries, this wasn't just something that happened just a few minutes. As we read it, just in almost in just a minute or two, this is something that happened over about two-hour time. As Peter was going from place to place and trying to watch what was going on and following from afar off, this one lady came and then another one comes. And says, you're one of them. Of course, he denies it. He denies it. And he denied it again, verse 70. And a little far after they stood, I said again, Peter, sure thou one of them, for thou art a Galilean. The speech agreeth there too. Verse 71, he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man, this man of whom you speak. When it says you curse and swear, we obviously as Americans think of saying bad words, those four-letter words. But he's basically what he's saying is, like a person would say, I swear that I will never, ever, ever allow this to happen. We do that often, don't we? <laughs> Some of you said it. I will promise I'll never, ever go in debt. How'd that work out? I'll never, never. Some of you said, I'll never, never live in Florida. <laughs> I'll never, never go back to the cold weather. I don't blame you. You make these, you swear to something. You make a vow. You make a promise. And he has swore that he would not deny Jesus. He swore he would not be offended. He swore that he would not fall away. So the Bible says in verse 72, the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought Therein he wept. Peter recognized his failure and his reliance on his own abilities. We see Peter's willing boastfulness, his wavering boldness, but thirdly, Peter's weeping brokenness. Throughout the scriptures, you'll see many, many examples of people who failed. I love the Bible because it just shows us ourselves, doesn't it? It's like a mirror. Look at Abraham's life, and man, Abraham did some some wondrous things, but we know there's times as we looked at in the past, Abraham lied. He just didn't tell the truth. Moses murdered a man. Murdered a man in cold blood. Calculated it, did it. Samson was immoral. David committed adultery, lied, cheated. Saul directly disobeyed God. We can go down the list of people who failed God. If we're honest, dear friend, all of us have failed God, haven't we? We've all, 
said in our pride, I will never do that. And as soon as we say that, before long, we're doing the same thing we said we didn't do. Be careful. Oh, dear friend, we should strive, pray, ask God for mercy. Temptation, obviously, is coming our way. Temptation, dear friend, is not a sin. We're all going to be tempted. It's what you do with the temptation. Accept it in sin or deny it and walk away. You don't have to give in the temptation. You don't have to. You choose to. You say, well, I'm predisposed to it. No, you choose it. It's a choice. You decide. God always makes a way of escape, but you have to choose that way of escape. The question is, will you? Will you choose it? We see his remembrance. We go back to Luke chapter 22, verse 61. The Bible says, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord when he had said to him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter looked up and saw the lovely Lord Jesus. And I wonder, though we'll probably know, especially on this earth, what that look was like. What that look was like. Was it a look of love? Was it a look of pain? Was it a look of disappointment? We don't know exactly what it was because the Bible doesn't say. But whatever it was, we know Peter responded to that. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 119, verses 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. When God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to us, the word of God speaks to us. Then is the time to respond to it. If the Holy Spirit of God is, is speaking to you this morning about denying Christ or doing something you shouldn't do or going down a path that you shouldn't go. Now's the time to repent of it. Now's the time to walk away from it. Now's the time not to harden your heart and say, oh, that's just the words of another red-faced Baptist preacher. Oh, that's his opinion. That's what he thinks. No, dear friend, I'm telling you, the word of God says, listen to the spirit. Listen to what the Bible's saying. God is speaking to you and he's trying to save some of you this morning. Some of you maybe from hell or some of you from destruction. You're going down a way that is not pleasing to God. You say, preacher, how do you know? Because we all struggle with that. You struggle with turning something on TV and watching something you shouldn't watch or listening to something you shouldn't listen or going to a place you shouldn't go or saying something you shouldn't say. We all are tempted with that. The question is, what are we going to do? And the temptation comes to each one of us. We see his remembrance. God's word will be accomplished because God had said it. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10, For as the rain cometh down, the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it go forth, and bud it shall give seed to the sower, and bread to the, to the eater. So shall my word go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void. It shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent. The word of God is working this morning. Would you allow it to work in your life? See, God this morning is giving you light. He's giving you opportunity to respond to what he's trying to say to you. If you respond to the light, he will give you more light. 
But if you say no to the light that God is trying to tell you, trying to speak to you about, if you say no to the Spirit, if you say no to His voice, He will give you no more light. What is He trying to say to you this morning? What does He want you to do this morning? What direction does He want to go? To, he want you to go this morning? Will you respond to it? So Peter, at that moment of realizing he rejected Jesus Christ, had a choice to get mad at God because to blame God for the situation. And dear friend, a lot of people do. A lot of people are in their homes right now. Some of them still in bed. Used to go to church. Some of them used to sit in churches just like this, but they're mad at God because they blame God for putting that through that experience. They get mad and they get bitter at God. God took away something. God made something happen. God caused my so-and-so to get sick. God took something from me. God, 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 and they blame God for their problems. No, friend, God is here. He gave you life. You're here because of God. He gave you life. And not only did he give you life, he wants you to give you liberty, freedom through Jesus Christ. He gives you life. He wants to give you liberty. And beyond that, he wants to give you everlasting life through Jesus Christ in a home in heaven. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, in verse 62, we see his remorse. Peter went out and wept bitterly. Instead of blaming God, instead of getting mad at God, instead of shaking his fist at God, all these young ladies, they've embarrassed me. Oh, I'm, I'm mad because my pride was hurt because I knew I was wrong. No, he, he was remorseful and went out and wept bitterly. Opposite of Judas, Jesus Christ did not meet his expectations. He got mad at himself, blamed God, and went out and took his life. And really, the choice is between each of us. We choose life out of brokenness and turn to Christ. Or we choose death and bitterness, and we turn away from Christ for eternal separation from God forever and ever and ever. It's really the choice. And each one of us has to make it. Life with Christ, which comes through brokenness, or death and darkness because of bitterness. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Oh, dear friend, if God is speaking to your heart, you know what you need to do? It's just admit you're wrong. You know, <laughs> it's, the hard, it's one of the hardest things in life to do, but it's the best thing to do. When I was up down that road on 27 going north towards Greenville, South Carolina, I had to say to myself, oh, I was stupid. That was wrong. <laughs> I've had to do that many a time in my life. And if you're here today, you probably had to do that, too. But the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, he that covers the sin shall not prosper. Dear friend, you can't, you can't play games with God. You, 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 you keep, you're saying, well, you know, God won't know. God, don't, God, friends, God knows all that stuff. You can't play hide and go seek with God. He knows what you text. He knows what you tweet. He sees you in the darkness. There's no place you can go on this earth that God doesn't know, that God doesn't see. You can't hide. Don't hide from God. He that covers sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaken, forsaketh, them shall have mercy. The best thing to do if God's convicted you of you have sinned, maybe some, in some way you've denied God, maybe through sin. 
You've done some things this week you know you shouldn't have done. And God pricked your heart about it. As soon as you saw it, as soon as you heard it, as soon as you did it, he pricked your heart about it. You can choose to say, ah, oh, it's not that big a deal. And your heart will get harder and colder. And the next time the voice of the Holy Spirit will be less as loud until you can get so callous you don't even hear the sweet voice of the Spirit. You'll sleep through a sermon spiritually. That's a terrible place to be, but folks get there. Because you say yes to sin over and over and over and over. Instead, dear friend, confess. Confess. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't have to know. God already knows, and he's willing to forgive you. He didn't say if we, can, if we confess just a few sins... He didn't just say if we confess only these sins. Uh, he, he didn't say if we confess just uh, special sins. He just says sins. That covers it all. What is sins? It's to transgress, to cross the way, to cross the mark. You know as soon as you sin that you just sinned. You said something you shouldn't have said. You did something you shouldn't have do, did. You, you, you watched something you shouldn't have watched. You heard something you shouldn't have watched. Peter was broken. Satan tempts us to be self-reliant. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Everybody else is doing it. Remember the compared thing? Oh, man, so-and-so is doing a whole lot worse than me. So-and-so is doing a whole lot worse than me. Different. It's not about what they're doing. It's what God wants you to do. What he wants you to do. Peter was broken. But you know what? God uses broken things. God uses broken things. Psalm 51 Verse 17, Peter, David was broken. Oh, it took a while, but ultimately David was broken about his murder. He was broken about his lying. He was broken about his adultery. And the Bible says in Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifice of God of our broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. What does God want from us this morning? He wants our brokenness. He wants us to see us for what we really are. Look past our pride. Look past our outward ex exterior. What other people see and see us who we really are. See our sin. Oh, if we could only see our sin the way God sees our sin. Oh, dear friend, we're sinners. We're sinners. All live sin that comes short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Until you come to the place and recognize you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself, you'll never get to heaven. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Growing up in Baptist churches in Greenville, South Carolina, which were over 300, I heard all my life, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. And I'm thankful that God loves me. I'm thankful that God loves me today. But it wasn't until April the 15th, 1989, that a preacher said to me, God loves you, but he will send you straight to hell if you don't choose him. But dear friend, it wasn't God. It was me. God never sent anyone to hell. It was my sin. My sin sends, would send me to hell. Your sin would send you to hell. God loved us so much he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He loved us that much. My sin would send me to hell. And dear friend, your sin 
would cause you to be separated from God forever and ever in a real place called hell. But it's, God, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why God gave the perfect sacrifice of his son to die on that cross, to shed his blood, to be buried, to rise again the third day, so you could live forever. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you say, preacher, I'm going to try some other way. There is no other way. <laughs> there is no other person. You're not going to find it in some other, some, other, some other way, some other religion. It's only through Jesus Christ can you be saved. He was broken. Jesus Christ was broken. The Bible says his words, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, remember for me. Because his body was broken, I can have salvation. Because his body was broken, I can have salvation. And dear friend, you can have salvation, but you have to be broken. You have to come to a place where you recognize you cannot save yourself. You cannot do this on your own. It's not by being good. It's not by coming to church. It's not by giving an offering even to the little ones and to the big ones. It's not by, coming by being a member of a Baptist church or any type of church. Salvation is only through Jesus Christ. And once you're saved, dear friend, we must remain broken. Remain humble. And God in his mercy will allow circumstances and situations in your life to break us. Why? Because we all struggle with pride. Peter was the best of them. He was the one who said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He was the best of the disciples. And he still failed Jesus. But let me say to you this morning, dear friend, you are not your failure. You are a child of God. Some people will say, well, I, was, I used to be an alcoholic. Now you're a child of God. I used to be a drunk. I used to be a smoker. I used to be an adulterer. I used to be a liar. I used to be a cheater. No, dear friends, throw those titles out and say, I am a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. We've all failed him. We've all denied him. We've all made mistakes. Today I'm saved. By the blood of the crucified one. Thank God for what I am. Thank God for what you are. If you come here today and say, preacher, I've been struggling with some type of sin. Would you see it for what it is? Confess it before God. She can be clean. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, oh, preacher, I think, aren't we saved? Aren't we, don't, we, don't we have that salvation? Did I lose my salvation? No, dear friend, you don't lose your salvation. You lose your fellowship. You lose your fellowship. See, I'm saved. I'm always going to be saved because I didn't, do anything to, I didn't do anything to get saved. I can't do anything to lose it. But, dear friend, my fellowship can wane because there's sin between me and God. I wonder this morning, are you totally right with God? Is there anything between you and God? Are you trying to play hide and go seek, seek it with God, seek with God like Adam and Eve did? Are you clean? Are you, are you, are you pure before God? You're not trying to play games with God, oh, oh friend. I pray you'll be broken before God so that you'll be used. You see, Peter would never be able to preach before thousands and see thousands converted until he was broken before God. And God wants to use you. Because each one of us has great potential in the eyes of God, but you have to be broken 
a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Are you broken before God? Are you humble before God? Are you listening to God? Oh, dear friend, be clean before God. And ask the Lord this morning, Lord, is there anything between you and I? Is there any possession I, I love more than you? Is there any person I love more than you? Is there any plan or desire I have more than you? Do you, like Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind? Could you honestly say Jesus is first? Or you maybe you're in a struggle this morning like Peter, denied him three times, just like Jesus said. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for times where you humble us. You humble us to teach us, to help us to be like Christ. Maybe some in this room are going through a humbling moment. Maybe this week you've struggled, you failed, you denied God, maybe denied the Holy Spirit. You weren't the witness you should have been, or you got involved in things you know you shouldn't have gotten involved in. Maybe the Spirit of God is speaking to you specifically this morning. But you know in your heart you're not, you're not quite right with him. Oh, dear Christian, I encourage you today as we have this invitation to either right there in your seat or, of course, at the altar come and just say, God, forgive me. I need to be broken. I need to, I need to see my sin. My, I'm so ashamed of the things I've done, of the failures I've had. And, dear friend, all of us, in our lives on a regular basis, weekly, sometimes daily, sometimes many times a day, need to come before God broken because of our sin. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, would you recognize that Jesus is your only hope? As I said before, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's, there's none righteous, no, not one. You can't be saved by what you've done or who you are or where you grow up or who your parents are. God committed his love towards us, then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. You can be saved today. You can be a person who's headed towards hell because you're trusting in yourself. Or you can be someone who's trusting in Christ this morning and be heading towards heaven. With head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Would you say, preacher, I'm not sure if I die today I'd go to heaven, but I want to. I want to be saved. I want to know for sure when I die I go to heaven. Would you pray for me? No one's looking around, just me. Would you pray for me? I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me today? I want to be saved. I want to know for sure when I die, I'll go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that today, I'd pray for. I'd love to pray for you. Won't embarrass you. I'd love to pray for you. As the music plays, will you stand to your feet? Will you stand to your feet this morning? God has spoken to your heart about your sin, maybe a lack of brokenness. Maybe God showed you something specifically an area in your life that you need to change. Maybe it's pride, overconfidence, caught up in something you know you shouldn't be caught up in. You're struggling. If Peter could fail, each of us could fail. Don't let your pride get in the way. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and He will lift you up. God responds to humility. Would you humble yourself this morning? I'm struggling. I'm faltering. I'm failing. 
I'm trying, but I'm struggling this morning. I need God. I'm broken. I need God. Would you come? The Spirit of God is speaking to you. He may not speak again. He's speaking to you right now. He may not speak again. Would you come? Whatever the Lord asks you to do, would you do it this morning? you and we do thank you once again for an opportunity to be in your house this morning and Lord thank you for saving us and Lord as we continue to be saved Lord I, I mean as we are saved Lord I pray as we draw closer to us to you that we will make mistakes a just man falleth down, falleth down seven times but he get us back up again and Lord I thank you for the book of Hebrews that say that you're you remember not our sins and iniquities anymore remembering is not just forgetting but it's a purposeful forgetting and, Lord, when we get serious about our sins, you get serious about forgiving us of them. And I thank you for it. And, and if we draw nigh to you, you can draw nigh to us. And, Lord, we're only as close to you as we will allow ourselves to be. And, Lord, help us as we go our ways and be with us as we go to the nursing home this evening. And pray for Brother Eric as he's away. I pray you already prepare the hearts there for the preaching and the fellowship. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>